0: Hello, and welcome to Queer as Fact, the podcast bringing you queer history from around the world and throughout time. Today, we're bringing you something special. We've got a collaboration with our fellow queer history podcast, History is Gay, where we'll be talking about queer slang in Australia and the USA.
1: Hey folks, I'm Lee,
2: And I'm Gretchen. I'm Alice. (laughs) And I'm Irene.
1: Whoa! Who are... Who are all these new voices in the room? Usually, you only get a couple of us, but you heard everybody here. Uh, Hello, everyone, and welcome to either History is Gay or Queer is Fact. We don't know what your life is like, but you may be hearing us on one of those two lovely shows because we're doing a collaboration. Yay!
2: As we like to call it, this is Queer is Gay.
1: Yes, Queer is Gay. History is queer, history is fact History which is, fact. is not true <laughs> which is not true yeah, which is, is not bad. true in the slightest <laughs> history is made up of writings from people in power and we're attempting to reclaim that right now <laughs> but that's too long for Apple Podcasts that's not,
3: <laughs> <true>. <laughs> not, not catchy
1: <laughs> yeah, that's too long of a name for Apple Podcasts <laughs> I feel
3: like queer is um, gay could start some discourse <laughs>
1: Oh, oh, true, oh, the Discourse,
2: wow.
1: <laughs> the Discourse oh, yeah, true. with a capital D. It's
2: kind yeah. of a fitting thing to say, though, given that our topic today is queer linguistics. Whoa,
1: specifically talking about queer slang, Mm-hmm. because we all got together and started talking and wondered, oh man, I wonder, I wonder what kind of language you use in Australia or you use in the United States and if there's any sort of different contexts around that so we're going to we're going to talk about that today um, so you know just content warning um, this is a conversation about queer slang and thus there's going to be some you know what could be considered slurs but also just some there's going to be some some harsh words some cursing some discussion of <sighs> Explicit sexual content, as slang is wont to do.
2: Um, so I'm going to I- say, if you if you're listening to Queer as Fact, uh, swear words might not be a thing you're <laughs> used to hearing. Yeah. <laughs>
1: If you um, listen to History
2: yeah. is Gay, it's pretty normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: it's, it's, I mean, you know, welcome, you know, well, thanks for tuning in to your regularly filthy show. Uh... <laughs> I feel like we're letting <laughs> down
3: Australian stereotypes, yeah.
1: We really are. <laughs> we just an eight-year-old yeah, I...
0: listens to our show the other day, and we were like, thank God we don't swear. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, oh, boy. Well, you're, you're so challenging uh... those yeah. Australian stereotypes there is you what go. you're doing. You're subverting them.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah.
2: Whereas <laughs> we're just filthy Americans.
3: We did have this discussion when we started where we were like, so we'll try not to swear. Are we capable of not swearing for an hour? <laughs>
1: <laughs> we proven we are. Yeah. Gretchen and I discussed uh, discuss this in that we recorded our trailer and swore, and we were just like, oh, yeah, by the way, we're going to swear. We're, I mean? yeah. we're, <laughs> sal-
2: we're salty like sailors. I was probably the first one to say fuck because... <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, if you know me, you know this is true.
1: Yeah. I say it a lot. (laughs) Uh, so yeah so I guess format for today we're going to tell you some historical background and context regarding queer linguistics and queer slang in general and then each one of us will kind of launch into our own little section of fun words that we wanted to bring to you today and you can leave this lovely episode with an enriched vocabulary (laughs) (laughs) except for the eight-year-old that listens to queer as fact (laughs) Maybe don't <laughs> probably, <to this> <laughs> yes, yeah, probably <laughs> don't listen to this episode. Um or do or do I you know But don't
3: use the word make, words your, make your
1: make your own lovely decisions in life. Um, <laughs> so yeah, let's start it off. Gretchen, would you like to talk about lavender linguistics? What sure, yeah.
2: <laughs> Sorry, I, I know, love it. I like it. It's so, it's colorful. I mean, yeah. literally. <laughs> yeah. So the term lavender linguistics was coined in the 1990s by William Leap from the, long associated, uh, the long-term associated the long association of lavender with the LGBTQ community, specifically in the United States um, with queer civil rights. And it refers to spoken or written language practices, including speech patterns, pronunciation, or entire spoken languages like Polari. And this is... As opposed to que- specifically queer linguistics, a term which refers to linguistics that is overtly concerned with exposing cis-heteronormativity. for example, discussions around gender neutral pronouns or gendered objects, that would be something considered queer linguistics versus lavender linguistics, which is speech patterns for people within the queer community. Versus like criticisms of linguistics coming from a queer perspective. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, And these are all distinct from uh, discussions about like the reclamation of slurs. Like a lot mm-hmm. of slang are words that are derived from or reclaimed from slurs. I mean, that's just kind of unfortunately what happens in our community is that all, many slang terms began their life or quickly became derogatory terms for queer folks. Words like faggot like even queer, are words that were once insults. I mean, gay, even, word that, I mean, mm-hmm. most, I can't think of anyone who wouldn't say that was reclaimed nowadays, but that was very much used as a derogatory term. And as I mentioned, reclamation, current reclamation can be full, partial, or non-existent. And even within the community, as I'm sure those of you who are part of the LGBT community know that there can be a lot of uh, inter-community disagreement, on yes. <laughs> who and how and in what context people can use certain words it uh it can be a problem discourse Convers- with the capital d yes yeah. <laughs> yes
0: i was just sitting in my home yeah. the other day and i was listening to music and my mom was like oh alice can you take out your headphones for a second i have like a quick question and i was like yeah no problem so i took out my headphones and she was like can you just like, tell me the history of the word queer and i was like <laughs> <laughs>
2: "Ooh, do you have 12 hours <laughs> oh my gosh just mm-hmm. like a simple question, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just Bye. a quick question.
1: Just a quick one. Uh <laughs> well, <laughs> but that's a whole episode right. in itself. Yes. Yes, it is. So yeah, so like why why use slang or other forms of distinctive language patterns, right? Why use it at all? Why do we need separate you know languages for for kind of separate subcultures it has to do with the creation of a shared identity and sense of community language can function as a boundary marker and a reinforcer of you know your community or identity status unfortunately you know this can be used to keep certain people out as well as keep some people in people using exclusion of trans or bisexual or pansexual folks from the lesbian and gay communities, as in the recent move to try to claim bisexuality, you know, inherently quote-unquote excludes trans and non-binary folk, which is Uh. just not true. And uh, Julia Serrano has some excellent commentary on how community language around identity can become vulgarized, quote-unquote, by the community in attempt to force more marginalized identities to continually validate themselves in the eyes of the rest of the community, and we'll link to that. Uh, in our show notes She's speaking from a trans bisexual perspective And so she has a lot of really great insight into what that's been like For both trans and bi people We don't have time to get into that whole thing today So we'll let Julia's commentary speak for itself And you can read it on your own But it's it's really great
0: I want to yeah. ask follow yeah. up questions But you've just said we don't have time
2: <laughs> <laughs> right, I highly recommend it As well as uh, her book Which is called Whipping Girl mm-hmm. And it's about the history of like trans feminism and uh, trans activism. Yeah, she has a lot of really, really fascinating things to say about language and the history of language within a queer community. Specifically about, like, words associated with transness and bisexuality. So, really, really fascinating. Like, I've, I've spent hours, <laughs> hours, <laughs> just, like, reading posts of hers. So, yeah, highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's yeah. pretty
1: fantastic.
2: Yeah, another thing, that another reason for using slang would be gender performance. Slang can often be, or distinctive language patterns can be a form of identity markering. Um, some men loving men have speech patterns that are closer to those of stereotypical women, for example. Same with many women loving women having patterns closer to stereotypical males. This was something I noticed when I first entered the queer community because I came to my identity, uh, later in life that I started note. It was fascinating to me things like, I know a lot of men loving men use bitch. To refer Mm -hmm. to each other Mm. versus, like, a lot of women loving women use, like, dude. Mm -hmm. And, like, Mm. those are things that, like, you see, like, straight men use dude and, like, women loving women use dude to talk to each other. And, like, it's the same with, like, straight women use bitch and so do, like, men loving men. It's fascinating to me that, like, I'm not even sure that the communities are even always aware that like yeah, they're yeah. they're mimicking these kinds of like mm. language patterns.
3: I was gonna say, I don't know that this is intentional, but I call people do it all the time, and I would never call someone bitch.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well yeah, that's part of it too. I would never I would Yeah, like I would yeah. Never <laughs> One one I of them is a the term of affection and another is
1: again, you know, a reclamation of a word that has been used violently. So Yeah. I yeah. mean, yeah but you know, let's pay attention to like who those words are being aimed at Uh, historically
2: marginalized genders yeah so yeah uh similarly it can be a marker of social subversion or of roles or even expectations from society men loving men in western societies like the u.s have to distinguish themselves from like straight male culture and um, heterosexual masculinity so the use of female pronouns or words like bitch or like honey, like any like kind of, I guess what many would call feminine speech patterns, distinguishes them from heterosexual males. So it's a way of saying like, I'm not a straight guy. But what's interesting to me is that due to things like sexism and patriarchy, women, including women loving women, may be more concerned with fighting uh, sexism in the way that they distinguish themselves rather than having to distinguish themselves from straight women the way that like men loving men do with straight men. So distinctive language may be used to establish themselves as unsubmissive to the cis-heteropatriarchy first rather than distinguishing them from specifically straight women. They're more likely to say, like, I'm an unsubmissive woman. I'm noncompliant if you read Bitch Planet, which is an excellent comment, mm-hmm. and you should. <laughs> um, I think Lee put that in there because Lee loves... Lee is actually the reason I read Bitch Planet. It's yeah,
1: great. I li- am I mean, you all can't see because this is a podcast, but I'm literally just showing off my noncompliant tattoo. I was right that. now. Why you are you waving your arm around? Yeah, I have that, like, actually inked oh, that's into cool. my body. Oh, that's um a yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. I I specifically, I mean, it's I wanted, you know, my my stamp of non-compliance to be specifically visible and rooted in the queer community and I got it after
2: the Pulse tragedy. I was mm-hmm. like, "Nope. Nope. I'm I'm going to be visible." Hello. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. But that's a really good example of how like you're more concerned with separating yourself as like I am non-compliant to patriarchy. Mm-hmm. Um and a lot of that can be very common. That can be a commonality for like feminist women as well as women loving mm-hmm. women. That they're more like the content of their conversation may differ, but their speech patterns don't differ as much mm-hmm. because they're resisting gender norms and gender structures imposed on them, rather than necessarily trying to say like I'm not a straight woman. It's like well, I'm just non-compliant to patriarchy, whether I love women or I'm a feminist mm-hmm. or. Just am like gender non conforming. I am just not a woman that you can box into like your structure rather than like I'm not straight. So, yeah. and that's like it's just like fascinating to me the way that like, as we might call them, non compliant women tend to speak similarly mm-hmm. regardless of whether or not they're queer. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that. This is just a little
3: thing about the way you sort of phrased that. I don't know that I'd want to say, like, you want to present yourself as non-compliant to the patriarchy rather than as a
2: queer woman. Right. It's more like, as well right. as, yeah? Mm. No, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: But yeah.
3: I guess the sort of experience of rejecting the kind of societal structures that are imposed on us is maybe more similar
0: for a straight woman and a queer woman than mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. is for a straight man and a queer man. Yeah. I, yes, mean, I guess a right, straight man right. isn't rejecting this, what society's imposed on him. A straight man's probably pretty happy with that. Unless he happens to be a <laughs> trans yeah. straight man, in which case, no. But
1: Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Or, you know, Anybody who's not white. Not not white. I mean, I was thinking from a sexuality and gender
0: perspective. Right. Obviously. Yes.
1: (laughs) Widely speaking. Yeah. So, and back you know, back to the question of why are we using these languages? Another point to using these distinct kind of sub languages. It's it's necessary for safety in homophobic societies. Much Mm -hmm. of the makeup of terminology in queer communities comprise what is called an Argo, a uh, secret language used by certain groups in this case, queer people to prevent outsiders from understanding their conversations. So like if you were a kid and you ever played around and made up your own language or, you know, used Pig Latin, like you were utilizing an Argo, you were creating an Argo. And what I found really, really fascinating when we were doing our research on this is that there are entire languages that have developed. So you have uh, instances of Polari in the United Kingdom, Gale in South Africa, Bahasa Binyan in Indonesia, Speak in the Philippines, Isinkumo in South Africa and Zimbabwe, and there's even more if you want to look them up. But individually, much of the terminology essentially acted as like code words and they served or in places where it's still being used are still serving a quote protective sociolinguistic mechanism for gays or queer people in general to recognize each other and avoid being recognized by those who wish to do them harm in broader societies noted for their homophobia so it's an it's an act of self-preservation and community and being able to recognize your own in a safe way. And yep. I'm sure in some point at some point we'll get into at least we will, you know, talking about the history of things like the Hanky Code in the United States, which was a um subversive and kind of secret way to let queer men know, hey, here's who's who I am, here's what I like, here's what I'm looking for, without arising suspicions. Yep.
2: Yeah. Yep. Um Yeah, and <laughs> you you found this really interesting thing about uh, slang dictionaries, Lee. Do you want to yes. tell us more about that? Yeah.
1: So, so speaking of homophobia, there were, there were even uh, developed entire slang dictionaries (laughs) meant to kind of root out these secret languages. So, Mm -hmm. um, there was a, a, a pamphlet, a book. Uh, that was published called Homosexuality and Citizenship in Florida, aka (laughs) referred to as the Purple Pamphlet. So it was published in January 1964 by the Florida Legislative Investigation Committee of Florida Legislature. Uh, led by Senator Charlie Johns and so I love this story. This was such a fun aside that I found. So it featured several pornographic images and a glossary of queer terminology, and they sold it for twenty-five cents a copy. Are the pornographic
0: <laughs> images, like are like diagrams like, of like this is what this slang is describing, in case you didn't understand.
1: Basically, yeah, it's like <laughs> this is what this is what the homosexuals are doing with one another. So, uh, so basically, this committee had been leading a witch hunt for homosexuals in year for years. In public schools, universities, and government agencies, and they were convinced that queer people were part of like a ridiculous communist strategy to subvert the American way of life by controlling academic institutions and by corrupting the nation's moral fiber. When not so, that, like I the mean, gay agenda? Yeah,
2: it's the gay agenda.
1: I mean, I don't know about you, but that's a lot to do before noon. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, like ba- yeah. I'm like barely awake um so like the the <sighs> goal of the pamphlet was essentially to shock floridians into accepting the homophobic legislation that they were trying to enact they wanted to scandalize them with all the supposed debauchery and explicitness oh that came with gays portraying quote gays as sex fiends who spent every free moment searching for anonymous partners recruiting youth or transmitting venereal diseases so like
3: just oh, oh, this is this
1: is half of this yeah
2: Right, so <laughs> right, we're so, all communists.
1: <laughs> so this is super gross, right? But this is—I mean, uh, it's the '60s, so like yeah. the worst
2: thing you could be was a communist. So like they're not just exactly. gay; they're communist. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah.
1: ruining America. The best thing about this is that it blew up in their faces. It backfired in a big way. So instead of becoming the bestseller that the committee hoped for, it received backlash. For its pornographic images, and the Dade County officials actually threatened to bring legal action against the committee for essentially <laughs> distributing porn at twenty-five cents a pop. Oh my God! <laughs> and so, and so, a gay a gay it. book club, a gay book club in Washington D.C. sold reprints of the pamphlet for two dollars. Nice markup, and uh, <laughs> and the backlash. Absolutely destroyed the anti-gay committee, and it was disbanded on July first, nineteen sixty-five, when the legislature refused to give them funding. We're like, we're not going to give money to all these pornography peddlers. What is going yeah. on? So that
2: amazing. <laughs> that's like
1: my favorite aside is like, well, we're going to publish this this library of disgusting debauchery to one citizens and we're going to be able to enact our wonderful, hateful legislation. Oops. Um. Turns out we're porn pushers. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> turns out disgusting debauchery is still disgusting it's debauchery.
1: Yeah, it's like, oh, you, you're that. still distributed gay porn, y'all.
0: Ooh. Yeah. You know when you're yeah. in high school and they give out to your parents, like, this is the slang that your teen is using online. How to know what your teen is talking about. I'm imagining
1: that the list of words they had was probably at least that inaccurate in this pamphlet. Yeah,
2: probably. It, it reminds
1: me of like when they were saying like those those fun bands or whatever; those like weirdly shaped rubber bands that people were wearing on their wrists meant different like sexual things. Like oh, the, yeah. the oh, idea okay. of like right. adults, you know, policing teen behaviors—it's got to be about sex. Silly bands. don't know what it Silly means. Bands, it's, that's
2: right. Yeah, if we don't know what it means, it's probably sex because you yeah. know the kids are. That's all they care about these days. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Uh, So, so
2: yeah. (laughs) That raises, like, the really interesting question of why so many of the terms are focused on sex. It is possible that because many cultures throughout history, for those cultures, what we call being gay was understood as a set of behaviors rather than specifically an identity. Lee and I talk about this in our uh, History's Gay episode on homosexuality in ancient China. It comes up, I mean, mm. a lot around the world globally, historically, that being gay was considered like... It was more about the behavior and the actions. So the most significant of which for localizing desire would have been the sex act. So maybe that's why there are all these terms of focus on sex. It could also be due to the biases of the recorders of the dictionaries, as we just saw. (laughs) They had a rhetorical reason for including specific terms and excluding others. They were likely influenced by perceptions um, of hypersexuality in the conversations of those in the LGBT community or even driven by homophobic concerns. So they would be they're perceiving either all of these things are about sex because they assume that that's all that people within the community think about or they're specifically trying to say oh all of these terms about sex because that's all they care about for negative Mm -hmm. rhetorical reasons Mm -hmm.
3: or i guess once they have that perception of the queer community that sex is the most important thing there then they'll assume that these are the most important words so if they can't Right. You know, if they have to narrow down their list of words for whatever reason, they're going to keep those ones and mm. anything else is going to get dropped.
2: <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because for, for, there are a lot of words within even our current communities that like Lee and I exist in that aren't about that experience, but it, I don't think most people would would pick them up specifically as being like queer words. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because they assume that it has to do with sex. So you're right. Yeah. yeah. It could even be yeah. a kind of like voyeurism that like People who are not a part of the community are intentionally like, "Ooh, I wonder what the gays do
0: What's like gay sex' are they having
2: right. I want to know all of those all of those words. I mean,
0: I think there's possibly also the fact that you talked before about people utilizing like in community slang to protect themselves and so other people mm-hmm. don't know what they're talking about for a lot of history we're talking about times when I mean for a lot of history of the English language at least we're talking about times when queer sex was illegal and you know you don't have to hide the fact that you're hanging out with someone of the same gender or whatever but you do have to hide the fact that you're sleeping right. together so that's the bit you need to encode with mm-hmm.
2: your mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah right exactly the things that you need to hide are the things that are would be frowned upon by society yeah mm-hmm. that's yeah. a really good yeah. point too yeah.
3: yeah. and there are also the things then that society Is really keen on hearing about because they have that kind of thrill of being taboo and being disgusting debauchery, and so I guess it's kind of perpetuating from both ends. Then, Mm.
2: yeah, Mm -hmm. right, yeah. We thought one thing we noted um, just based on the the topics that we've covered in our podcast is an interesting shift in like metaphors and imagery. Mm -hmm. So, for a lot of the the history that we've seen, you have a lot of martial imagery, especially in the Middle Ages. And then Mm -hmm. recently, especially within recent U.S. slang, there's a lot of, like, food metaphors. Mm. Um, Oh, really? Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: Yeah, We'll get into them, but there's a lot of, there's a lot
2: of food (laughs) going on, which, I mean. Right. So we have this list of, like, why, why? Uh, Is it because they're, like, (laughs) innocuous for people listening in? Like, if you're talking about, like. I really like oysters. I mean, or tacos. Tacos is the current one right now. Mm-hmm. Um, like, no one's going to be like, oh, right. Yeah, everyone loves food. Is the less violent imagery more appealing to our, like, modern sensibilities? Like, no one...
1: Yeah. Martial
2: imagery isn't, like, a common mm-hmm. linguistic feature yeah. anymore, but, like, food is. Is it, like, a... This was kind of a joke of, like, you are what you eat. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um or do, do we just like food that much that's like what is the like other like thing i really much. like in my life
1: <laughs> yeah food. i mean
2: tacos are tasty true <laughs>
1: sure. they are for, tasty. for the uh for the winona erp fans
2: thanks winona erp in the room yep. taco tuesday <laughs> has taco a tuesday. whole new meaning yes now it from does. that show yep so with <laughs> that so we've talked a little bit about like our research um alice and irene why don't you tell us a little bit about uh? Slang in Australia.
3: Okay, so what I'm going to be doing is giving you some, like, historical context for queer slang in Australia. What I'm talking about is in the 19th
0: century, so Australia was a penal colony, which meant it was largely...
1: (laughs) (laughs) Gretchen's just... Sorry, Lee's just snickering there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's the queer slang episode. I have to laugh at penal colony. That's true. that's
0: true. Which...
1: I was thinking it, so <laughs> if we're not if we're if we're gonna do it in any episode, it has to be this one. anyway, continue. So, this is a dirty, dirty podcast, baby, everyone. We're gonna do a lot of snickers. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah, which means at the time it was a largely same-sex society, basically, it was largely male. So in eighteen thirty seven, the House of Commons Committee on Transportation to Australia heard evidence on the disturbing prevalence of unnatural crime in the colonies, which mm. uh, yes, mm. <laughs> I quite liked unnatural crime. That made me laugh. <laughs> a good start for Australia.
2: A good what's, start. What's funny to me is the implication that that means that there's such a thing as, like, natural crime.
3: Yeah, that's what's yeah. funny like, to me. Like, the like idea what, that, you know, like, you steal bread.
0: Oh, that's a
2: natural we crime. We stopped
0: doing you stole bread. That's natural. <laughs> you wanted to just sleep with men? What the hell?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Murder, that's a nat—that's totally natural to murder somebody, but like wanting to have consensual sex with somebody? No, mm, no. Yeah,
3: unnatural. Anyway, yeah. the parliamentary papers from these hearings and witnesses in convict settlements at the time are our main sources from that era in Australia. So, sodomy which is a lot of what we're talking about here essentially is in the 19th century viewed in a Christian context in England i'm sure we all know that christians are not keen on sodomy
2: no and generally not it, a fan generally yeah generally not
3: fans no for some reason and it was a capital <laughs> crime and the laws in australia derived from the english laws so therefore they were dismayed to hear that the convicts were doing rather a lot of sodomy and that they weren't <sighs> even decently ashamed of it <laughs> <laughs>
2: I really love the way that's phrased. Yeah. Rather loves a lot of sodomy and they're not even decently ashamed of it.
1: This is Eli's, <laughs> notes. Eli's, Eli's notes. Eli wrote the
3: Eli's oh, notes man. are quality.
1: Quality note taking. Yeah. <laughs> Good work, Eli. So
3: in this, this is a transcript of parliamentary papers, as we discussed before, from the House of Commons hearing about sodomy. This is a witness.
0: Yeah, this is a witness being questioned. Being questioned. Yeah. yeah. A witness from Australia being questioned by british parliament about why there are so many men sleeping with men in australia (laughs) and so the witnesses asked amongst the convict population would suspicion of a
3: person having been guilty of unnatural crime excite abhorrence and detestation No, says the witness. They might amongst one another jeer and talk a little, but it would only be a sort of cant phrase. You do not think it would have been in abhorrence? No, I've heard them
0: jeer at one another, such as calling one another sods. Sods isn't a very appealing sounding slang term. I hope we get some better ones.
1: Yeah. Hmm. But. Yeah. I I I think we were like curious. I wonder if that's where, you know, sod off comes from oh we
0: did check oh, this yeah. the first time we recorded that is where sod off comes from yeah oh, really? yeah so it's
3: really Sot interesting off is like sort of saying go fuck yourself
0: yeah sod off and fuck off are
3: the yeah. same phrase yeah it's just mm-hmm. queerer yes i'll yeah. keep this in mind next time i want to tell someone <laughs> to fuck
0: off
2: just <laughs> yeah. tell them to say so- <laughs> sod yeah. off instead it sounds pretty outdated you w-
1: yeah you're wishing them good gay sex i mean yeah you know yeah.
0: it's very kind
2: it's It's the kindest thing you can say to someone right really yeah (laughs) go have some good gay sex yeah yeah
0: so the same witness
3: also recounted the boys meaning presumably men who were into sodomy go by names if a boy happens to be upon a farm and to be sent to the prisoners barracks in sydney the boys go by the names of kitty and nancy apparently Mm. nancy was slang for buttocks at the time Hmm, and these these were also eli tells me common names for prostitutes i don't know whether prostitutes were inclined to take pseudonyms at this time and this is why we have kitty and nancy as common prostitute names
0: um this is something we do come across again and again in queer slang is that crossover between the slang of sex workers and the slang of queer people Mm -hmm. and i think that's just there's such a crossover in communities and trying to talk about these taboo things especially around mm. sex and relationships, it makes sense that these people are going to talk to each other a lot and use the same words.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: And yeah, use, yeah, and use coded words because, you know, in, in both instances, it's sexual acts and sexual relationships that are verboten, that are yeah, against right. the
2: law. hmm mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and there's, there's you also have the population of queer sex workers who mm-hmm. would have had crossover yeah. in both both communities. You have, you know, male prostitutes or trans prostitutes, who would have uh, sex workers, that is to say. And there would have been... So, I mean, so you have probably had people within the community who like, cross-pollinated mm. both between like queer communities and like communities of sex workers, just because yeah. they belonged in both.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So yeah, a later witness
3: would also record that boys were called the fancy girls of men, and that these men had ongoing affectionate relationships. And what I really want to talk <laughs> about here, I think, is... That idea that, that sort of imposing a heterosexual relationship on two mm-hmm. men in a queer relationship, that kind of one of the boys is going by the a fancy theme- girl. <laughs> yeah, is being called a fancy girl and going by a typically feminine name. Yeah.
1: Huh. It's like yeah. the like the the male loving male version of who wears the pants in the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I mean I guess both. it still is who wears the pants yeah. in the relationship. Who wears the They're pants in the relationship, yeah.
0: Who's the man? Yeah. yeah, hmm Yeah. It's my favorite little... answer to
1: that is like neither of us or ideally, both no of us. <laughs> it's, kind of, <laughs> yeah, it's,
3: like, it's kind of neither? It's kind What's of the, the whole point.
1: point. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I don't know
2: where where you fell off the train, but yeah. um
3: <laughs> Yeah. Ideally, but I
2: mean Nobody's wearing pants. Yeah. Ideally. <laughs> of either variety. Yes. Yes. Ah, uh, <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> this is another thing we'll ever know an answer to, but I wonder how many of these people who were going by female names and being referred to as fancy girls in a more progressive society would have come out as trans women. And mm. we'll never know mm. the answer to that. But, you know, we're talking right. solely about homosexual men here, but that might partly be because there wasn't a space to talk about anything. Yeah, more Eddie. non-informist. Right. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so, right. well, it's like the question that arises when you have stories of um, people who, like, at a young age, presented as women, and then you know, went off to sea and wore men's clothing for the rest of their life. Like, how yeah. do we talk? And, and maybe even had relationships with women. This came up when we did our pirates episode. Yeah, when you have like someone who presents as feminine, but they go off to sea and wear masculine clothing for the rest of their life and have relationships with other women, is that two women is it like is there transness involved like how do you like they didn't have the language we have today Mm -hmm. so all we can say is it falls somewhere within like queer experience but like we don't
3: know why yeah
2: yeah yeah
3: yeah we don't know whether to
2: look like is this two lesbians or is this like a woman and a trans man
3: yeah and you can kind of never tell whether they're sort of pushing gender boundaries for practicality reasons or personal mm-hmm. identity mm-hmm. reasons mm-hmm. yeah exactly. especially yes. when it comes yeah. to like women dressing as men that kind mm-hmm. of oh thing. yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah, yeah. you can never
3: tell whether it's that kind of this gives them more opportunities or whether it's they're not a woman
1: mm-hmm. right yeah exactly yeah. yeah this
3: as we sort of said was not confined to men the female factories in Hobart which is in Tasmania. I don't know how much you know about Australian geography. <laughs> but it's one of the very early sort of colonial settlements in Australia. We're also a site of much homosexuality. <laughs> no. A site of much homosexuality. <laughs> and it was partly due to his inability to stamp this out that Sir Ardley Wilmot was dismissed as Lieutenant General of Van Diemen's Land, which was an earlier name for Tasmania in April 1846. So the female prisoners used similar terms as the men did. They would talk about fancy women for homosexual women. Wilmot wrote in 1943 that female prisoners have their fancy women or lovers to who they are attached with quite as much ardor as they would be to the other sex, and they practice onanism to the greatest extent.
2: I want like a little button that says like fancy woman. woman. Yeah,
3: yeah. Oh, yes. We should produce like merch We <laughs> <Elaborative> a <laughs> project.
2: <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> I wonder with these fancy women. Like obviously with men, you've got the masculine man, very prominent quotes that you can't see but can hear, <laughs> listeners, and the the um fancy girl. So you, like you've got the feminine partner and the masculine partner, basically. Mm-hmm. How does that translate with women? Like, is the fancy woman a passive partner or an active partner, or are both the women just fancy women together? Judged by the phrasing,
3: I would say that the fancy woman here is the more feminine partner because Mm. it does kind of say the female prisoners, Wilmot says, have their fancy women, which is Mm. very much kind of how you talk about a how people would talk about a man in a relationship with a woman at that time. You know, he has Mm. his woman. She Mm -hmm. doesn't have him because of kind of understandings of gender at that time
2: yeah yeah right hmm. so it's phrased very similarly to what you read earlier about they like have their fancy girls too mm-hmm. yeah 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 so they may have at least perceived it that way a, m- a man looking in on
1: <laughs> two <laughs> women fair. having a
2: relationship may have perceived like oh well clearly this one is, is the, the feminine the partner yeah yeah, this is the fancy one and this one's not. Yeah.
1: <laughs> this this, one's one's just I love, I, this is the boring one. And this one's the fancy one.
3: <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, yeah, this is, seems to be how it is when they're talking about men. That hmm. we have the fancy girl who is the more feminine partner. And the other one's just a man. It's like he's not, like, crossing... Boundaries at all?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
3: I don't know. Yeah, that's sort of the fancy girls of men. So you've got a fancy girl, and this guy's just a man.
1: That's true. There's nothing weird there. Yeah. I mean, for me, like that—that makes me think of active versus passive roles, and that Mm -hmm. you know. In in societies where homosexuality homosexuality was pretty common and and not you know looked down upon was that the active partner is always the you know well respected partner and the hmm. the oddity is the passive male partner who is being willing to be penetrated and so I wonder if that has anything to do with it but I'm not sure how exactly that correlates to relationship between two cis women when the question of, you know, like, active and Who's passive partner is a little bit different. Yeah, clear. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. Hmm. I do really enjoy that they called it, that he called it onanism, Because (laughs) I associate onanism specifically with, like, cis men. I'm sure, like, I'm sure he's using it as as a way to refer to, like, masturbation or, like, sex where there's no procreative possibility. Yeah. But, like, I so strongly associate onanism with cis male masturbation that it's really odd to me to hear onanism, like, used to refer to, like, cis women. Yeah. (laughs) How do I, how... How does, how do they do How that? does onanism work? <laughs>
3: I remember so clearly from high school. I had someone come up to me once. I wasn't like out at this time. I wasn't queer. And somebody came up to me, one of the other students, and was like, Irene, how do two women have sex? <laughs> and I would really like that person to tell me now. What made them think I was the person to ask? Cause, like, they could have given me a heads up. Irene knows a
2: lot.
1: <laughs> you just, uh, you just radiated it, I guess. Yeah. Right. Radiated yeah. the
2: queer. But that, that's that definitely. Big queer energy. <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> that's definitely I think something that happens when people are talking about like cis women having sex with each other. That because you can't have the kind of penis penetration thing, people go, "Well, what is it? That's what I imagine sex is. Mm-hmm. What is it when cis women like, have oh, sex friend. with
1: each other? Oh, friend, you're having a very bad sex life if that's the only <clears> thing <throat> that you can think of.
2: Yeah. There are yeah. so many
3: possibilities open to you.
2: Right? You wow. Yeah, your your sex life is very limited then. Yes. Uh... There are more options, people. Yes. Yeah. All right. (laughs) So, fancy women. Yes. Yeah. We continue. (laughs) From the 1820s,
3: there's also evidence of free men, so not convicts, looking for sex with other men. There are evidence of boarding houses allowing men to sleep in the same bed, that kind of thing, like men would seek out a boarding house where that was available. The terms generally used at the time to refer to, like, queer sexual behaviours, terms like bugger and sodomite and tribard.
0: I've never been sure how to pronounce that
3: one. I always said tribard, but it could be tribade. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, it refers to, like, women who have sex with other women. (laughs) Although they do refer specifically to sexual acts still carry connotations of the person in question having a particular preference for their own sex and therefore they might not be as divorced from identity-based understanding of queerness Mm. as they initially seem Mm. which i guess goes back to what you were talking about before about that kind of queerness being defined as a set of behaviours in certain eras rather than an identity thing. Mm-hmm. That it's that kind of, once we've gone from sodomy to sodomite, we've kind of, the implication mm-hmm. there is that it is
2: perhaps an identity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, right. It isn't just something that you can do, but you are a person who is known for preferring, preferring. that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. 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 So I mean, this
3: becomes really hard to read, but I've wondered this before, because you do see it a lot in sort of academic discussions of queer people, that this idea of queerness as an identity is fairly recent. And I wonder Mm -hmm. if that's just not true. (laughs) Like, I wonder if we're just not understanding how people talked about their identities. Mm
2: -hmm. rather Right. Or that, like, yeah, that someone who prefers a certain set of behaviors, like, that's just... It could be the same way of talking about identity using just different words. Yeah. yeah. You know? Because what does it mean that, like, I'm anything? What does identity mean other than, like, I preferred certain things? <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly.
2: Like, so, it could, yeah, it could be that there's less distinction between those two ways of talking about queer experience than a lot of modern scholarship is used to saying that there may be a yeah. lot more overlap. Mm-hmm.
3: That's sort of what I'm thinking. Like, the distinction between who I am and what I do is not really as clear-cut as a lot of scholarship is kind of making out.
1: Mm, mm.
2: Right, because even within cultures where someone might look at them and say from the outside it looks like they define queer identity as or they talk about that experience in terms of behaviors, you still have people within that society who who clearly prefer almost exclusively one particular set of like partners. You can still have people within that society who like, are identify as men and prefer male partners.
1: Mm, so, you, yeah. like,
2: you can even say, "Well, like, yeah, maybe it's a set of behaviors, but it's a set of behaviors that they can think of as like exclusive."
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: and what is that? But but another way to talk about identity. I'm someone yeah. who exclusively has sexual or romantic partnerships with someone of the same gender as myself. Yeah. Like. So yeah, no, I think you're right. But but um, what? Do, well, I mean, if we didn't have these conversations, what would academics do? True.
3: <laughs> hey, yeah, this is true. This is true. This is, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what they right, do exactly. anyway.
1: They would beg for funding. That's that's what
2: we, that's what we would do.
1: <laughs> that's the other thing we do,
2: right? We have to come up with new arguments to have, because how else will we get funding to do exactly. our things?
1: <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Okay. some so uh, some more Australia slang. Throw some of that our way. All right, let us continue, yes.
3: Okay, so a lot of the language we know of used to describe queer people at this time was generally applied to them by non-queer people. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the witness I read out earlier called sods a cant phrase, meaning a slang term used by the group. However, other sources suggest that sods wasn't only used by gay people, and maybe the witness was just not aware of this.
1: mm mm-hmm.
3: So, yeah, most of the slang of this era that we know of was originates outside queer communities, although it was adopted to varying degrees by queer people.
0: We can speculate that
3: English terms from Britain were also in use in Australia, terms such as molly, magical. Marianne, Marjorie, and Miss Nancy, which is interesting to note that they're, like, vastly, again, female names.
1: And they're all, like, why are they all M and N, you know? I don't know. It's really interesting. They're
0: basically just the name Margaret in... (laughs) Yeah, just something inherently
1: feminine about
0: Marjorie or Margaret.
1: I I guess it probably just
0: was... If we're talking about the 1800s, Margaret was possibly, or you know, Mary, like the most common female name. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it's possibly True. just like that's how you stereotype. I am feminine. I take on the most female name there is. Mm. However, yeah, the um of all the like British slang we have for homosexuality. Only poof is really
3: evidenced in Australia.
1: Mm. I don't know if you guys have poof. No. Yeah, we're unfortunately. I'm, I'm familiar with it from like like media where like a British person will call someone a poof uh-huh. or a poofter. Okay. But yeah. yeah. We don't use it here. No.
2: No. Good on you. I kind of like it. <laughs> no. It's bad. Maybe maybe I it's mean... just because it's not because it's not yeah. like negative in our uh, like context. Yeah. I'm like poof. Oh, that's kind of yeah. cute. Poof. <laughs> It's like a gay loofah
0: inherently bad i don't think there's any harm in reclaiming poof that's true that's true no i had i was supervising a bunch of undergrads recently and one of them just kept using the word poofta to like insult people and so i have like more negative Ugh. connotations than oh, no. i had to I sit see. him down like you cannot use this word and he was like why it's not like i hate gay people it's just a generic insult and i was like it's a generic insult based in homophobia one of your other fellow students is queer you cannot use this word and he was like but my gay cousin uses it all the time and i was like oh my <laughs>
1: God. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, oh! Yes. yeah we have that yeah. we have that here too a lot of you know i think it's gone down in recent years but a lot of instances of people u- using like that's so gay you know gay is it yeah. for stupid and be like but i don't hate gay people it's like yes but you're
2: implicitly you know that suggesting really common when i was in elementary school yeah yeah that. really common when i was in elementary yeah, school same. Yeah, I definitely
0: heard the word gay to mean stupid long before I knew that gay meant attracted to the same sex. Yes, exactly. Although
3: yeah, We didn't so much use it to be stupid as particularly it would be gay to mean like overly earnest, overly sincere.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like if people Aww. were like
3: uncomfortably open about their feelings, you would call that gay?
0: i guess that's more like coming from a like masculine centered society being overly mm. feminine like talking about your emotions i was like oh that's gay yeah,
1: yeah. Mm. Mm. interesting yeah yeah which
0: the funniest part of
3: that meant that you know in primary school you'd get this thing where you'd see a boy and a girl holding hands and be like oh that's so gay
0: <laughs> I, I remember that happening to me yeah
1: your expressive oh, emotions oh, is man. gay. Like, I don't, oh, my gosh. You keep on using
2: that word. I do not think it means what you <laughs> it think means, it means. That's that's so funny, that's though. So great.
3: I know, like, yeah. in hindsight, that's hilarious.
2: <laughs> right. The idea of, like, straight people being called gay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. That's really funny. Wow. Yeah. Is that
3: yeah. like, wow, you have a straight crush that's so gay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah oh. all right so tell us some more about more uh, more australian slang more australian slang oh my okay. favorite
0: one is coming up oh yes
3: okay the term gussy oh this is my. Favorite. this is your favorite one soon the term <laughs> gussy emerged in the late 1800s as a short form of the name augustus which apparently just sounded laughably poncy to the working class <laughs> and so that was meant to sort of denote effeminacy mm. That it I was like this that. really sort of posh delicate name.
0: I guess that's what happens huh. when you found a country on like male criminals.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Well yeah. probably Anything male working class elitist. criminals.
3: Yeah. Anything that sounds elitist is gay. <laughs> yeah. The Oscar Wilde trial also had enormous reverberations. Oscar, as both a verb and a noun, appeared yes. in England. And Wildman in the United States. Yeah. Oh Wilden.
1: god. He would be so proud. Yeah. He his be, his name being synonymous with queerness. Oscar Wilde is so happy right now somewhere in the ether. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: A Sydney newspaper called Truth published a homophobic article in 1903 describing Oscar Wildeism and Oscar Wildists.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love the implication that's kind of inherent in this as well that like these all these queer people were inspired by Oscar Wilde, like, it kind of implies that they weren't around, and now there's all these Oscar Wildes, because they've heard about Oscar Wilde. <laughs> <laughs> they were
1: they were yeah. around, now they just want to talk about it a lot. <laughs> right, yeah.
2: right. Yeah. Oh, man, I, I just really so... want to be like Oscar Wilde. Yeah,
3: I would be so <laughs> proud, though, if my name was, like, synonymous with queerness.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, that's, like, goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Goals. <laughs>
3: Um,
0: we also have punts from the Yiddish word for cunt, oh. which appeared in the 1920s. So I have a question oh. that you might not know the answer to. We said a minute ago that people used Augustus because it sounded Ponzi. Is Ponzi and Ponce the same word? I guess so. Huh.
3: <laughs> yeah, I guess so. They seem like the same word. I don't know where Ponce comes from, though. Like, punts, presumably.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Is, old Yiddish? Is this a word that you guys have? Do you have pots? Again, like, familiar with it from media, but you don't hear people using it in, like, every day. Okay. Huh. Yeah, so, Symes, one
3: of the sources that we used, seems to think this is an Australianism, but notes that it's also used in British English. I don't necessarily know what the story is there. Did it originate in Australia and then spread back to Britain? Or... The other
0: way around. Or the yeah. other
3: way around. Yeah, I'm not really sure, but... So that's all the historical Australian slang that I have here.
0: Yeah, so we'll come back with our 20th century slang, having covered our 19th century slang. Do you guys want to tell us more of your fun American words?
1: Yeah. Lee, why don't you start? All right. Perfect. Um, so yeah, so a lot of, a lot of ours, I think, tend to come a little bit later. We've got a couple of early yeah, ones. Yeah, we got, we got some, co- we got some early ones in here, but, um, I figured, you know, Lee and, Lee and Gretchen, myself and Gretchen would give you just kind of our, a, a, a sprinkling of our favorites. So I <laughs> have, uh, we have U-Hauling, which is, I don't know if oh, you yeah, guys have I've that there. This. Yes. Yeah. I love
3: like
1: this uh, word on auto straddle. <laughs> yes. Uh, ah, <laughs> auto straddle. Ah, auto straddle. The, uh, the, the queer yeah. woman bible of the internet. Um, yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, true. uh, when it's the, you know, the stereotype of when two women get into a relationship and immediately get invested. There is a classic joke that is, um, you know, what does, uh, what does a lesbian bring to a second date? a u-haul what does a gay man bring to a second date <laughs> what second date um so you know playing on those stereotypes of women yeah. getting into a relationship will immediately become latched onto one another emotional invested yeah. men only want sex so you know take that with a grain of salt yeah. um you'll also i'm
3: gonna i'm gonna back up for one second here because we don't <laughs> even have the word u-haul in the first place <laughs> like i understand uh, right. it's some kind of truck <laughs>
1: Yes, it yeah, is. A, oh, it's it's a, a moving. Yeah, company. it's a brand of moving ah. truck.
3: It's, yeah. oh, okay. it's really interesting <laughs>
1: how it's specifically it. tied to that yeah. brand. It's not like you hear, you know, God, I don't even know what another moving truck company name is. Like, <laughs> I know I've seen them around, but. You know, it's not like you see like I think there's one know, called like, like Pensky can... or something, or yeah, it's like it's you know you're not gonna yeah. you're not gonna Pensky with a girl, Lesbian. you're gonna U haul with a girl. Um, I think so you know just
0: Subaru, <laughs> you know how Subaru deliberately markets to lesbians. Oh yeah, who did it at some point? Oh, they like, did.
1: That was the thing that happened. Yeah, that was the thing a that happened. <laughs> <laughs> it anyway, worked. That aside, it worked. Um, <laughs>
0: but, do you reckon or has U haul ever considered a marketing campaign based on this joke? Huh. I'm not sure I that's going like, so, to be something that's going to have to be something
1: we look into. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They yeah. could cash yeah. in on that. At, no. <laughs> oh, de- absolutely. Yeah. Um so there's also fruit. Uh you will hear a lot of specifically um I think yeah, gay specifically men. referring to gay men and it originates from stereotypes that I guess gay men are softer, quote unquote, and smell good. Um so I mean, you know, are you are going to have any stereotypes I guess not smelling foul is a pretty good one. Wait, so yeah. is fruit just like a noun you would use
0: to refer to a gay man? Like he's a fruit? Yes. Or he's like he, yeah, yeah, he's, yeah a or... he's a fruit.
1: He's a fruit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Or like, That's you know, like nice. like something, something, something. I'm not a fruit. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. There's also fairy. So, it was originally derogatory, Mm, uh, but some folks have reclaimed it. Specifically, uh, a lot of, like, gay men's counterculture and activists... There's this activist and spiritualist group called the Radical Fairies. But it originally came from uh, the 1890s drag ball culture in New York. Not the 1980s, but the original, the 1890s (laughs) drag ball culture in New York, which is really cool. And we've got, very similar to what you discussed about, like, fancy women, apparently in the mid-1900s, fairy ladies was used used to refer to femme lesbians so we have a lot of kind of yeah some some parallels there which is really cool i like fairy ladies i really love that that's Uh, i do too yeah yeah.
3: i do find it interesting though then that like the words when we're talking about lesbians the slang words refer to the femme lesbian
1: yeah Mm -hmm. mm-hmm yeah
3: which is weird because In, like, gay men, it's the kind of gender non-conforming ones that get the, that are the target of the slang words. Mm.
2: I wonder if it's more about sexism in both cases. Like, femininity is the thing to be mocked, regardless
1: of gender. Right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah,
2: Yeah, because because women who would be acting more like men could be conceived of in a more positive way, like, Oh yeah, they want to be Yeah, they're trying to be like men because you know, why not aspire to masculinity?
1: It's the same way it's the same reason why androgynous Folks or non-binary folks who are assigned male at birth to present more femininely are far more reviled in culture than you know Mm. than than androgynous folks who are presenting more masculinely. You see, you know, you see even just cis women in photo shoots in fashion in suits astronomically more than you would ever see. You know, yeah, a cis male male in like a ball ball gown gown, or or even like tights. You know, it's femininity is the thing Mm -hmm. that is the averse thing. Yeah. Right. I guess that um you kind of get that thing in terms of almost like expected
3: presentations of androgyny mm-hmm. where what we picture when we think of androgyny is like the absence of characteristics that we associate with femininity. So mm. an androgynous person it's like short hair, it's flat-chested, it's, you know, narrow mm. hips. It's mm. the absence of femininity rather than a kind of in between.
2: Yeah, I've actually had issues with that in trying to find like Uh, formal wear that fits more like my aesthetic because Mm. i i don't wear a lot of like i guess frilly or like feminine dresses but i also don't wear suits Mm -hmm. like i so like finding formal wear that's i guess androgynous when i look like when i'm looking for like androgynous formal wear, it's all masculine Mm yeah 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 Yeah, yeah, definitely yeah absolutely if i like i was trying to find I was looking for something for a specific event and I was trying to look up like androgynous formal wear. And it was like, here's how to wear suits. If you are like assigned female at birth, birth just wear a suit and you're androgynous. And I'm like, but, but it's that's not, androgynous that's not what androgyny means. It's not androgyny. That's <laughs> just me dressing masculine. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah, what do we do with that? Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What do we do with that? It's, it's, yeah, it's a thing. Yep. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, we also have Gillette, blade which is one of my favorites so it was a 1950s term too. for bisexual women in that you know with the with the razor blade right you cut both ways cuts
3: both ways <laughs> um
1: yeah. which makes like bi <laughs> well, and pansexual women sound super badass <laughs>
0: right. we kind of back to like martial metaphors there i mean not mm-hmm. entirely
3: martial but it's more violent than a food metaphor
0: <laughs> yeah yeah. I have to
3: say, yeah what interests me is the number of your slang words that are brand names yeah,
1: yeah that's true You but, okay well because a lot of these come out of the 50s and you know there's nothing more american in the 50s than, than capitalism and consumerism <laughs> yeah exactly yep yeah, yeah. yeah. nothing yeah. more american in the 50s than capitalism it's true <laughs> um yeah market um, capitalism uh so cruising also uh, comes from the dutch term cruisen. Uh, meaning to cross or intersect and also to breed, was used to describe, oh, you know, yeah. active search for sexual partners. You'll hear uh, mostly in gay male communities, you know, cruising, going cruising for, for men. I really liked this one, which is a hundred footer. Someone who looks so queer, you can spot them from a hundred feet away. <laughs> 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 um, <Golf. laughs> yeah. Yeah. Clitterference is essentially the, like, women loving as- women uh, equivalent of cock blocking. So like, you know, oh god, she, <laughs> she ran clitorference on me. That that's good because yeah. that's like such a yeah. smile term. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. It's and, and it's, it's a very recent term. So I so I I liked that one. Um there's also <laughs> I like that. Uh In Sisters refers to two effeminate gay men who have a close relationship but not like romantic or sexual so like you know gay bffs are in sisters okay, okay. um you know like kind of queer oh, kind of queer, queer platonic relationship right between two like effeminate gay men i like that um ursula is a a queer woman who hangs out with bears so bears, if you don't know, is a um, is kind of like a sub identity, uh, is a, a specific identity within gay male culture, which is men who are traditionally masculine, usually hirsute, you know, very hairy, um, mm, you know, large, large, large kind of cuddly, big, masculine men is bear culture. So a, a queer woman who hangs out with bears is an Ursula, or also known as a Goldilocks, which I love. Um, <laughs> oh, that's very cute. yeah. yeah okay, that's uh, there's also bam be lesbian which is a a type of lesbian sexuality more centered around touching and kissing and kind of like non genital focused intimacy which I think is really interesting like you know maybe it was a precursor to larger conversations regarding asexuality or like grey ace identity it's like I really love doing all of these things but I don't want to touch a genital you know it's it's I
3: understand that it's sort of appeared around the same time as like stone butch Mm -hmm. yeah, Mm -hmm. which is the kind of which equivalent i guess yeah of that yeah
1: absolutely mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. yeah and then so then we have this this joke about uh so you'll you'll frequently see lesbianism or lesbians being connected with
2: toasters um and so this actually i thought this was so weird the first time there's like a w- one of our mutual friends runs a website and its little icon is like a toaster with the rainbow flag and i as soon as i saw it i was like that's a reference that has not been explained mm-hmm. to me and I feel too weird to ask, so fine. Toasters yeah. are a thing. So, but it made no sense to me. So I'm going to provide context for
1: you. So this is a um, recruitment context. joke. This is the joke that, like, oh. hey, for every... It's, it's specifically for lesbians. Um, That is, like... It's the gift that a lesbian gets upon, quote, turning a straight woman gay or whenever she sleeps with a straight woman. And so it's actually a callback to in the like 50s and 60s in America. I think it was going like late, late into the 80s too, when banks would actually offer toasters or other appliances (laughs) as incentives for people opening new accounts. So it's like, oh, you got a new one. (laughs) Here's your toaster. Oh and it was gosh, actually and it was actually referred to on um the on Ellen on on Ellen DeGeneres' sitcom before she wow. even did the coming out episode. So, yeah, there you go. That makes perfect <laughs> sense. Mm-hmm. That's
2: hilarious. Yeah, so it's
0: the, it's I was picturing it more like a game show scenario. <laughs> like you know, they always have the prize. Ding like, ding you ding. Get the Twelve steak knives. <laughs> yeah. You win a toaster. Yes. It specifically calls tour. back
1: to um yeah, the, they were incentives for for opening up new accounts. So you know, nowadays like a lot of banks <laughs> yeah. will offer monetary awards. You know, like oh, if you open your checking account with us today, we'll put you know a hundred dollars in it. Before it was like, here's okay. here's your free toaster. You know, we'll send you we'll send you a Ken a Kenmore you know toaster oven or whatever. Um, again, <laughs> American market capitalism.
2: Yay! I was just thinking that too. It's like another slang term related to capitalism. Very capitalist. How do you how does that function in a sentence? Like, is
0: it just like, oh hey, I slept with a straight girl. Oh, you get a toaster or essentially, like... yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. Or like or like oh, where's my toaster? I got one. You know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I really liked this one. Okay. This uh, Castro clone, or just clone. So this is specifically referring to like a gay man's style in the 1970s in San Francisco in the Castro neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, Typically consisting of like a a working class masculine attire. So blue collar uniforms, Levi jeans, checked or plaid shirts, sideburns, (laughs) work boots, denim, white shirts. It evoked this idealization of working class men. So think like the village people. That is the perfect encapsulation Uh, of Castro clone. So it was inspired and popularized by homoerotic artists such as Tom of Finland, which if you've ever seen any of his work, and we can put this in our show notes, but he's a very a very famous queer artist that portrayed homoerotic art between very, very masculine men, a lot of times having to do with soldiers and, and, uh, mm-hmm. and Navy cadets a lot of Mm -hmm. uh metaphors around there it was also popularized by porn stars like jack wrangler and it was kind of a you know a really deliberate move away from stereotypes regarding all gay men as being effeminate so it was this kind of reclamation of their masculinity within the culture and it's actually one of the things that directly influenced the rise of bear culture oh yeah i can Uh see that yeah yeah and then the last one, the last one that I have here is cotton ceiling, which is a, a really new term, uh, coined by a Canadian trans mm-hmm. woman activist who's uh, Drew DeVoe. and so she coins this as the term, this term as the situation of trans women and trans men being excluded from female and gay spaces, specifically in the dating scene, but also in society in general. So it's um it's this take it's a it's a new take on the on the phrase glass ceiling, right? It's the cotton ceiling.
0: Okay. Mm. Why
1: cotton? Mm. Underwear.
0: That's what I've come across when I'm reading about it. Is cotton referring to the underwear. Yeah. Yeah. Cause if you're talking about exclusion from the dating scene, like, oh, I accept you as a woman until it's suggested that, you know, I, a person attracted to women, might sleep with you and then like, oh no, is kind of the implication mm. there. Yeah.
1: Mm. Right. Um, Alice, do you want to to oh, start okay. us in on some sure, some recent good. Australian, uh, yeah. So for some 20th
0: century Australian slang, I'm going to start talking about women. Even I've only got a very small paragraph on women because that's the way it is. Unfortunately, we mostly talk yeah. about men. So most of the Australian terms we came across for women loving women are basically just variations on the word lesbian. So we have les, leszy. Uniquely, those two are I think used in many countries, uniquely Australian are Leslie and leza.
3: Leser. Leser. That just sounds so obvious. I heard that.
0: Leser. And lesbian friends, which is very cute. I like that one. Is I that like what that you too. say
3: when you're like dating another woman? You're hey, lesbian friends. Lesbian
2: friends. <laughs> lesbian yeah. friends. That sounds yeah, like oh, a really so cheesy like Valentine. You know those like yeah. kids valentines that would have yeah. like really like But I like it. I like it. Yeah. And I think if we make
0: queer as fact merch or if you're making history of gay is gay merch we should make that valentine's card <laughs> We
2: should let's be friends yeah <laughs> yeah
0: in the 40s and 50s in australia lesbians who dressed masculinely so what we would now call butch lesbians were called tootsie dolls why <laughs> tootsie i dolls. do not know i tried to find this out tootsie i love dolls. it i don't know why
3: <laughs> That's a very, like, cute term for somebody who's, like... Presenting masculine. Presenting
0: masculine, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is. I don't know. Right. This seems to be a label that came out of the lesbian community itself rather than anything that was applied to them. Yeah. So they've come up with this, but I'm not sure why.
1: Hmm, yeah.
0: <laughs> a lot of the rest of our slang comes from, like, male cruising culture. Mm-hmm. And as for why we have so much of that and so little female slang um one lesbian notes that there are no equivalent female terms for things like cruising and beats used by lesbian women because she doesn't think that lesbian women fancy the idea of having sex with a stranger in a toilet block
1: i mean i don't generally oh, yeah. less enthused about that <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. That's that's that. Um so speaking of cruising, one of our major contributions as Australians to the world of queer slang is the word beat mm. as the place where men cruise. Oh, oh like like, like, that like on the beat.
2: America. or yeah. beat as the location
0: like mm. oh that toilet block is a beat. Oh, yeah. interesting.
2: Yeah, I haven't heard it used that way in American queer oh, okay. yeah. slang, but I'm also yeah. not a gay male, so yeah.
1: I t- <laughs> yes, I mean my like, who knows? my first <laughs> My first reaction to hearing that is hearing it used as like on the beat as in like a law enforcement term. Mm, like yeah, like police officers yeah, yeah. that and are on duty and like cruising around in their police cruiser which huh, um cruising, are yeah. are considered <laughs> to weird. be on the beat. And yeah, I don't know if yeah. there's any con- where- any correlation between those. That is where it comes from. Yeah, from police
0: officers and also probably more directly into the queer community from sex workers being mm-hmm. on the beat. Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah or like having having a beat like your own like particular area your cruise yeah and like for like sex workers or yeah yeah Yeah. and then that's kind of extended from on the beat to this is my beat to the beat is just the place you go to look for gay sex yeah yeah that makes sense yeah our other uniquely australian word that we've exported to the world unfortunately is pufta. which oh
3: did we start that we came
0: up with pufta. Comes from England in uh, first appears around the eighteen thirties, and it's possibly just from like the sound puff. It sounds soft. It (laughs) sounds sounds gay, much like fruit. Uh, it also soft. Yeah, Yeah. okay. It just sounds soft. (laughs) 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 Or or possibly also from the French word pouf, which is a derogatory word for women, kind of similar to the English word tart. Mm. implying, you know, a sex worker or a promiscuous woman. Yeah. Tarts are so yeah. delicious, but- though. Yeah,
2: yeah. A every fruit time tart. I bake a tart. i <laughs> Fruit tart. Fruit every time delicious. I bake a tart,
0: my mother tries it, and then she's like, mmm, Alice, you make a good tart, and then she just cracks up.
1: <laughs> <on>. <laughs> I feel like I need to meet your mum. I want to meet your mum. Yeah, your mum sounds yeah. delightful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah,
0: so we as Australians came up with adding the ending to Poofta and turning it from "puff" into Poofta. And one of the first Australian instances I found of the word Poofta was from a 1903 newspaper article titled A Pufta Bridesmaid, which was a newspaper article about a woman, actually in New York, but this is in an Australian newspaper, a woman who had had a male best friend as her maid of honour at her wedding rather than a female friend. Oh. And so, even without any implication, oh, obviously there's an implication that he's gay, I guess, but even without it being about his sexuality, just the fact that a man had fulfilled a role that was traditionally feminine, he's referred to as mm-hmm. a pufta.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. But even though that comes from 1903, the word pufta isn't actually that well attested until after World War II. And we also have the phrase pufta bashing as a uniquely Australian term for what is probably more broadly called queer bashing or gay bashing.
1: Mm-hmm. Right.
0: Yeah. Other Australian terms for effeminate gay men um, include Trish, Tris, and Triz. <laughs> so what we're saying is that in like the nineteenth century, it was M
3: names. Yeah. <laughs> and in the twentieth century, it's <laughs> T <tea> names. names.
0: <laughs> yeah. These Apparently. are twentieth century names. Hmm.
3: Or it must even mid. It must just be then that like people go for the common female names because those like Patricia kind of names yeah are more were common. really popular in the like mid twentieth century hmm.
0: yeah I think no. that's why and that's why we've moved from Madge to Tris because we've moved from Margaret to Patricia is the yeah. most common I common guess name,
1: so I guess. interesting so like are we gonna yeah. you know for the twenty teens are we just gonna start hearing things like Apple or Ma <laughs> 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 <So> she's <laughs> a real Ashley, with like Liley. four words. <laughs> Right like weird weird white people <laughs> yeah. names For babies <laughs> Yeah, Probably. Kaylee um, spelled
2: like K-A-Y-L-E-I-G-H <laughs> Or something Thanks yeah. Thanks Gretchen <laughs> I just like Lee is perfectly quiet. When you add like weird Y's yeah. I don't know Yeah absolutely <laughs> 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 i've seen kaylee spelled a whole lot of weird ways yeah a whole lot of yeah. weird ways yeah when you started spelling kaylee i was kind of like but isn't
0: that how you spell kaylee like there's no definitive <laughs> spelling of kaylee they're all weird they're all weird yeah no offense to any listeners who are called kaylee we
2: love you <laughs> it's a nice name we do
0: it's just hard to spell yes um <laughs> uh we also have uh speaking of fruit specifically quince Quince, (laughs) quince. I love quince. I don't know if that's because it sounds like queen or queer or just because it's a fruit. What what is what is quince? A quince is a fruit. It's kind of like an apple. It's not really.
3: You can't eat it till you cook it.
0: Oh, I've I've never heard of this. Cook it? Huh. Interesting. Oh, okay. Sometimes you have like quince paste with cheese. That's the most common way you eat it. It's kind of like a jelly kind of thing. Oh, okay.
2: Yep. Yep. I've yeah, had, like, yeah. quince in, like, a um, marmalade or, like, a jam Yeah, or, like, yeah, some hmm, yeah. kind of spread. Yeah.
3: Yep. It's quite cool, because it starts out normal-colored, and then when you cook it, it turns bright red. Oh, that's
1: huh. interesting. Interesting. That,
3: I don't know why yeah. that happens, but for, for, it's very cool. For
1: some yeah. reason, you mentioning that just reminds me of another queer phrase, which is like, oh, yeah, you know, it's, oh, well, they're straight. Yeah, well, so is spaghetti until you heat it up.
3: <laughs> <laughs> until it gets wet, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, until you heat yeah, it up, yeah. until it gets wet. <laughs>
3: Anyway, yeah, that's that's one. Yeah, that, that is good. I do enjoy that.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: another Australian term we have that turns up from an Australian slang dictionary in the very early twentieth century is "Joey" mm. as slang for a young effeminate gay man, as in a baby like, kangaroo. I like
2: as like a baby yeah. kangaroo. Yeah, it's like, it's like a like bambi Yeah, like a, like, a, like a cute little
1: baby. Or gay. like or like in the bear yeah, in the bear one. community, they have otters too like that kind of reminds me of like
0: okay
1: yeah otters are like bears who are like tiny and they're basically like twinkie bears like young young twinkie bears (laughs) i don't know
2: (laughs) which is a really really fun phrase but i know exactly what you mean (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah.
1: this is what we mean about us Um, having our own language anybody who's straight listening to that and didn't have context probably have no idea what i just made by yeah an otter is a very twinkie bear probably like right. a
3: breakfast food i don't
1: know yeah <laughs> like i i've heard all of those Prefell? words individually but i don't know what any of it means altogether yeah yeah so yeah. interesting
0: we all have a lot of rhyming slang in australia Ooh. that's probably less common among like our generation but i definitely still hear my parents use rhyming slang sometimes so cow's hoof is a rhyming slang for poof mm. or Cloven hoofta, That's as I'm saying for pufta. I love that, because, like, the
3: implication of the devil is there as well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. I was just picturing, like, oh, yeah, you know, animals with cloven and... yeah, you <laughs> know
3: how the devil has cloven hooves? Yeah. Yeah.
2: I, I went where you I did, like Irene. It. I was like, oh, it's, like, saying they're, like, the devil. Like, they're little mask. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. No, Impish debauchery. Um, yeah.
2: Yeah. And tonka bean for queen. I love this. I love this tonka rhyming bean. thing. This is so cool. It's so yeah. very, like, we don't do rhyming slang in mm-hmm. America. That's a very, that's a uniquely, like, British-Australian thing. That is yeah. not something we do here. And I love yeah.
0: it. Yeah, it, It's fun. I enjoy it a lot. It gets even more, like, convoluted. So you mentioned pig Latin as an example mm-hmm. for a can. And you get pig Latin combined with rhyming slang. So,
1: um, oh.
0: for pufta. Yeah, that's just normal pig Latin. And then more obscurely, for pork and beans, that being rhyming slang oh. for queen, meaning gay.
1: Oh my
2: goodness. it's <laughs> wow. so
1: complex. Yeah, there's just so many layers. I love it. Yeah. yeah,
2: no one would be able to understand what that meant if they just heard it. Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah.
0: no, they wouldn't. It's great. it's
3: great. I feel like we need to shorten that. I feel like we just need to go for like Orca
0: Orcan Pa. Yeah. Wow. Or just like Orca. Yeah. Orca. Oh, yeah. okay. Orca? Like no, a like whale. Orca. I love killer whales. That's cool. That's cool. That's really cool. It. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we have a few other words for the passive pun or the effeminate gay man. Uh we have cat, which is Probably short for catamite, as in the Roman name for Zeus's lover Ganymede. Mm. Yep. And also queen. So these are both, these were both used commonly in prison slang. I don't know if they still are because I've never been to prison. Um, (laughs) You're not a gay man in prison, Alice. I'm not a gay man in prison. But (laughs) cat more generally refers to younger men who present more masculine and may never have had relationships or sex with men before going into prison. Mm. But then play that passive sexual role while in prison. While queen implies someone who's more openly effeminate, and this is kind of like how we were discussing that contrast between action and identity. Mm-hmm. Queen implies more of an identity, mm. while cat just implies mm. it's a thing you do while
2: you're in prison. Yeah, situational, like more of a situational yeah. image yeah. there. Yeah.
0: Also, from prison slang for the um, passive partner comes the phrase "receiver of swollen goods." <laughs>
1: oh wow, <laughs> that's very uh, descriptive. <laughs>
2: It's quite, it's quite on the <laughs> nose. Things are
0: about to get more descriptive. So that's our slang for like, passive gay men. The slang for active gay men is, or active men who sleep with men, is much blunter and more descriptive. Uh, we have words like dung puncher and shit packer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have fudge packer. Right. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Fudge something. packer. And uniquely Australian vegemite driller. Oh my god.
2: Of course, <laughs> of course that's Australian of course. slang. Like, of course. Yeah. Like- <laughs> <laughs> yeah wow wow that's good <laughs>
1: that's uh yeah you, you get it. Yeah, get immediate yeah. images
0: mm-hmm. uh, yeah. speaking of more food food words um mars bar has also been used as a term of abuse for gay men mm. why um that's a good question <laughs> what's what's wrong with yeah i don't
3: know i uh, Mars bars gay <laughs>
0: I don't know. <laughs> I said that Mars Bar was a term of abuse for gay men, and um, Adelaide. So that's one of our state capitals. Adelaide's longest running gay bar was called the Mars Bar, as a reclamation of this huh. term, and it ran from the early '80s until 2017. Unfortunately, it's recently closed. I'm sad about that. Yeah,
3: we were in Adelaide when it was still open. We should have gone She's there.
0: Gone out clubbing. <laughs> I hate clubbing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're the we're the quiet gays. Yep. As yeah, if yeah, if yeah, you've watched no, no, Hannah Gadsby's special, <laughs> Nanette, we're the, we're the quiet gaze This is where you can find the quiet gaze on the podcasts. Yep. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. Um, for more rhyming slang for active partners, we have hock and jocker, both as rhyming slang for cock. Mm. And within a prison setting, a man who is known for being a hock might be called Rudolf Vasilino. That's weirdly specific. <laughs> From the 20th film star Rudolph Valentino, oh. who was considered kind of very attractive but not very masculine. Mm. Vaseline, so Rudolph Vaseline.
2: Interesting. <laughs> oh. I mean, and Vaseline is prob- was probably used Loob. for Loob. Loob. yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. And yeah. I,
0: I think Rudolf Vaselina also refers to his very slick hair. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know in that context if it means the lube or the attention to um appearance. Well, both. Oh. Multipurpose. Both. Yeah. 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 Hmm. So yeah, most of those words that I've just mentioned are kind of within this masculine feminine dichotomy within the world of men who sleep with men. Mm-hmm. Um, Interestingly though, in Australia, the word camp, which in Britain and North America does kind of imply that femininity in australia for a long time was just our equivalent word for gay so instead of saying someone was gay you'd say they were camp and we had camp bars and things like that
1: so great i love it
0: i like it yeah i'm sad that we we lost that because now we just use gay and i think from what i could gather that's kind of the influence of having a lot of american soldiers here in the Mm -hmm. 50s and then having kind of the gay rights movement coming out of america that influenced our language and we started to use the more american terms But yeah, the word camp first comes up in um 1942 in sorry, the word camp first comes up in nineteen forty-two recorded when a man is up on charges for soliciting other men for sex and he's asked in court, you know, are you camp or what does that mean? And he says, just as a man to a woman, so as a man to a man. Just like instead of a man going to bed with a woman, he goes to bed with a man. So it's literally just men sleeping with men. There's no kind of more implications than that and um as we mentioned like gay men or men who sleep with men using female names mm-hmm. that would be called your camp name would be the female name that you ah. use your camp name we also have the phrase which definitely is still in use camp as a row of tents
1: ah. <laughs> i
0: love that i like it or I if you want it. to imply that it's really camp camp is a role of pink tents oh my gosh that
1: is my favorite oh, I love that's that. that's fantastic i love yeah, that i like I that love
0: one. that and i'm very glad that even though camp kind of went out of use to mean gay camp is a role of pink tents definitely stayed in
2: use we're gonna we're love, gonna proliferate I that here of, yeah i, I love all know, the phrases yeah. for like you're really gay mm-hmm. to basically yeah. mean like you're really like you're not just gay you're really gay like, really the 100 extra, Twitter yeah. that Lee mm-hmm. has. Yeah. Camp is yeah. a pink tense. I have one coming up. Like, just the ones that are basically like, you're so identifiable as not
0: straight.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh,
0: wow. I love those. It's good. It's good. Um, The opposite of camp, back before we had the word straight in Australia, was square, which, as with many words we talked about, overlaps with sex worker slang, which for sex workers, you use it to describe someone who's not in the sex work industry. And square was used to describe someone who was straight or not queer so the comparative phrase to camp as a row of tents is square as a bottle box apparently that one's not still in use
3: now this makes sense though because whenever I talk to my parents they don't use the word straight to mean like not queer when uh-uh. they say straight they mean someone's like law abiding they're not a, criminal. not a criminal and so sometimes we have these confusing conversations <laughs> where I'll say someone isn't straight and they'll think someone's a criminal
0: why is your friend in crime <laughs> So maybe
3: that's what. Yeah, I don't know what word. Be gay, do cry. Be gay, do cry. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, maybe 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 I should try square instead.
2: Yeah, maybe you said square. I know what
3: you
0: meant.
2: We should test this. Yeah. So um, (laughs) we're like in America. Square was used in the '50s for someone who was like boring. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think those are probably associated
0: usages. I don't know if they come out of like the same place but they're definitely associated right. like, wow you're
3: heterosexual so boring
1: like be there or be square <laughs> it's like yeah. it's not yeah. cool if you're not there
3: yeah you're yeah, square it you're like cool. yeah.
1: yeah interesting but
0: be there or be straight <laughs>
3: <laughs> <With no> alternative. <laughs> be starting. there or be square as a butter box
1: <laughs> yeah
0: so, yeah, that's pretty much all our Australian slang. I do have one that I haven't got written down that I do want to add, which is I thought of when you were saying Gillette Blade mm-hmm. as cuts both ways. Um, we also have ACDC to mean bisexual oh. in
2: Australia. Oh. Ooh. Like the current <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, yeah like the yeah, current, current. ac yeah. yeah. ACDC. Yeah. I like it. Oh, man. I like you it. You could too. come up with some pretty cool designs. Oh, yeah
0: yeah yeah um, definitely definitely it also put the lightning bolt
1: in there yeah it's a nice um it's a nice callback to nikola tesla too who was also you know pretty queer not
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) not straight that's true too yeah 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 really interesting oh man so yeah that's that's australian slang now time for gretchen's last bit of american slang Yeah, yeah yeah we'll finish up with
2: mine so uh i'm gonna start with one that confused me the first time i heard it which was the term fanny bandit. Now, the reason this is confusing <laughs> confusing to me is because in America, your fanny is your butt. Like, oh. your, it's your ass. Yeah. And it's in the like, UK bandit. and Australia, it's it's slang for vulva. Yeah. yeah. So the first time I heard one of my, like, queer female friends refer to themselves as a fanny bandit, I was like, oh,
1: what,
2: now? <laughs> what are you doing? Like, like <laughs> isn't that something that should be used for queer men? right exactly that was my i was like is like that sounds like a term for like queer men not queer women but like uh, okay i guess (laughs) yeah yeah. and then it was explained to me and i was like oh okay it's like pants like yeah yeah in america pants are trousers outerwear (laughs) they're trousers and in what in the uk and i assume in australia they're underpants
0: no, the trousers here too, actually. We use the American version of pants. Okay. But so, yeah, we use the British the version of then. fanny. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Oh. Hmm. That's fascinating. So yeah. you just kind fanny of bandit. pick and choose from both. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you guys get to pick the best, th- f- best of both worlds. Yeah. So yeah, yeah that, exactly. was the fr- that was one that confused me until it was explained to me. <laughs> so that's why it's on my list. My favorite is uh, the term kiki, which was originally, now there are two different terms here. So the first one that I love was used primarily in the '40s through the '60s to refer to a woman loving woman who identified as neither butch nor femme, nor had a I'm marked so preference. I'm there's a word for that. That's very cute. Yeah, I love it. I think yeah, you can bring that back. Yeah. So like, they like, identified as neither butch nor femme and it had no preference in partner. We don't have a word for that now, really, do
0: we? Yeah.
3: We don't yeah, use, we that use it anymore. And I'm
2: like, no. Yeah. Come on, bring it back. Yeah. Bring it Kiki. back because I like it because it. it's it's the first word I've ever heard that describes presentation in a way that made sense to mm-hmm. me because I don't really identify yeah. as butcher femme, and I've never had a word. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I, I just, guess I wear whatever just do I want. My thing. I just do my me thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when I read Kiki, I was like, oh okay i guess the closest we have now is like footch but it like yeah. it it's it, it, it like, still implies like butch of center you know right yeah, yeah. most yeah. of the people i know who use footch are people who are like it's another word for like soft yeah butch. yeah exactly yeah yeah I really, and it than implies just implies
0: that you're existing yeah. on this femme butch spectrum whereas mm-hmm. kiki doesn't even imply that this spectrum is rel- yes, rel- yes. Right, yeah, oh, which is yeah. which is
2: what makes sense to me because it isn't really—it's not a spectrum I've ever yeah. like associated yeah. with myself. No, I'm neither. like, oh yeah, I'm kiki.
3: I can't believe though that we got like queer women, and we were like, you know what we need on this—the gender binary. <laughs>
1: I'm sorry, you can't <laughs> like, believe I can't that. believe we're
3: having that problem. <laughs> yeah
1: is there
0: anything in society that we haven't put the gender binary on that we didn't need to put the gender binary on though
2: true yay unnecessarily gendered things is a is a large category of things that frustrate me yeah 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 unnecessarily gendered thing so in a modern usage kiki there's actually a totally unrelated word comes from a totally different origin that is modern and it is refers to a social gathering. And this is rooted in Black and Latinx gay culture. And it's an automatopoeia for like laughing or like oh, okay. chit chat. Yeah, yeah. mm-hmm. oh, yeah, so yeah, it like it. evolved to mean like a gathering for people to like hang out and like chit chat. It was popularized by the Scissor, Scissor Sisters, which is a hard word to say. Scissor Sisters <laughs> song, Let's Have a Kiki. So a lot of people, if they hear Kiki, if they're in gay male culture, they'll mm-hmm. think that. But I am all in favor of bringing back Kiki as a term of just, like, I don't belong on the butch femme spectrum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I have yeah. no preference for, like, partners. Because so this be is honest. not a spectrum yeah. that, that is relevant to me <laughs> yeah. in my queerness. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. Yeah. Another one I really liked is Donald Duck. And uh, <laughs> okay. this comes from before Don't Ask, Don't Tell was repealed. And it was a slang for a gay man who was dishonorably discharged from the Navy. So DD, mm-hmm. which was oh, the, the short term of a yeah. dishonorable discharge, um, yeah. became DD for Donald Duck. And mm-hmm. speaking of dishonorable discharge, dishonorable discharge is also a queer <laughs> slang for masturbating at home after failing to find a sexual partner, <laughs> <laughs> which is this-
0: Oh, that's so good. My favorite yeah. part about that this is it <laughs> implies that you then went and had a conversation with someone about that, and you were like, uh, a <laughs> right. really unsuccessful night. Had a dishonorable I,
3: discharge. I, yeah. Right.
2: yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Like, that you're admitting to that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Um, <laughs> we have terms like bean flicker, which mm-hmm. is um, a term in, in, you know, queer female circles for someone who, you know, gets a woman off through clitoral Flicking? stimulation. <laughs>
1: Flicking, <laughs> Flicking, I guess. That sounds, I, I was, exactly, to
3: I was like. about to make a gesture and then I was like, I don't want to do that.
2: Flicking, <laughs> no, no, no good. No. I mean bean. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's I better mean, beans than nub, also. I guess. Like yeah.
0: no, neither is great.
3: Neither great. There are so few good words for, like...
2: Right? Yeah. Yeah,
3: like, your vulva, like, mm. clitoris. I always find that problem when I look at, like, fan fiction, and I'm like, why does nobody write femslash? And then I think about it, and I'm like, it's just we don't have the language. Peak it's really hard yeah. to do. Peak
1: <laughs> Nub. Like
2: none of these things yeah. are good.
3: Never lips.
2: Oh, ne- oh no! Lips. Oh, oh god! Yeah. Oh. I have. I actually have a whole list of like unappealing sounding slang for vulva. Like, yeah. Some of the worst yeah. ones I've heard, like beef curtains. Oh, it's <laughs> what? What? it's no. so unappealing. It's just, like, liter- like I have like a visceral reaction when I hear it. I'm like, yeah. Oh. Just yeah. Like. A fur burger. Yeah, a fur burger. Um, oh it's just all—it's just oh all hairy, hairy meat, hair pie. <laughs> why, why, <laughs> why is, all is it all meat? like hairy meat? Like, it's, it's, it's <laughs> What what gets me about it is like—is it our our like. Cis women any more hairy than like cis men? Like like neither neither said right. Everyone has pubic hair, so why is it all of the like haired slang is refers to like women like like (sighs) cis women? Like why is it all about vulvas? And I think it. Hair pie mm-hmm. or like I mean I just saw panty hamster Yeah panty hamster. Panty hamster. <laughs> oh, boy. That's
1: quite
3: Why? funny. That's like the counterpart to trouser snake. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, somebody I somebody please that. make fan art of a panty hamster
2: and a trouser snake, please. Like make them like cute <laughs> sounds little like a really, really like a cute little cartoon. I was going to say, that sounds like a really, really horrible, like, kid's book to introduce them to sex. Like, Panty hamster meets the trouser Oh, boy. Oh, boy. (laughs) (gasps) um, Anyway, anyway, um, we have the term bumper to bumper, which is, um, like, vulva to vulva sex. Yeah. Uh
1: Uh-huh. I think there was also rumper to
2: rumper, or rumper to bumper. Right. (laughs) Rumper to bumper. Yeah. Yep yep. yep, yep, yep. So my version of the, like, really, really gay is uh queer as a $9 bill or just $9 bill. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it dates from at least 1965, where it was included in John Trimble's 5,000 adult sex words and phrases, $9 bill, an absolute invert or homosexual, from the inference that one is three times as queer as a $3 bill. Yeah, because I was like, going to say, I've heard
0: queer as a $3 bill,
1: but
2: mm-hmm. not queer as a $9. <laughs> right, but you're a $9 yeah. bill if you're really gay. It's the equivalent of That's camp, like, camp, like, camp as a row queer. of pink tents. Yeah. Camp as a row of pink tents. Yeah. You're you're like yeah. extra extra queer. We have kitty puncher. I don't understand why punching is a thing.
1: Why is punching here? Maybe it has to do with no. like like fisting, maybe.
3: Yeah, I was about
2: to say. <laughs> okay, no, yeah. I see, I see. The like gay male equivalent is uh, donut puncher. So it may be Ugh. like it was. It developed in like men loving men circles, and then like they developed like an equivalent mm. for women loving women. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe mm. it just sounds so violent. It does. Yeah. Like, even if
3: it's about fisting, please, no. Don't punch. <laughs> yeah, please
2: don't punch. No punching. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not preference.
3: Bad technique.
2: <laughs> Speaking of punching, how about munching? We've got no. the same, we've got the equivalent. We've got donut munching. You've got like...
3: I've definitely heard donut muncher before.
2: Like carpet munching, which again, yeah, why yeah, is it yeah. about
0: hair?
1: And there's just, like, this implication
0: in that phrase that people with penises don't have
1: pubic hair. Why? Right. But I think... <laughs> Why? I don't right. know. Maybe maybe just, like, the sexual acts, right? Like, the, the the oral sex acts that they're referring to, that, like, when there's a penis involved, I guess there's less... Like yeah. like less contact with that I hair.
3: Guess. Like actual penises are not hairy. I guess. Yeah. Really. Fine. I guess. Well,
2: uh, now I, now that I think about it, I wonder if some of it has to do with a kind of derogatory way to refer to the fact that these women may not have conformed to like certain beauty standards yeah. for like pubic Care? Yeah, yeah. Like lesbians yeah. don't shave. Kind yeah, like right. lesbians yeah. don't right. shave. I literally was just thinking about that. Sort of thing. Right, so like oh, if you're a lesbian yeah. like you munch carpet because the women... All, like don't shave crazy down there yeah mm-hmm. yeah you crazy hairy mm-hmm. feminists like mm. yeah that probably yeah has. i was wondering yeah. if some of it was related to yeah, that that's probably got a lot of indication a lot of relationship with yeah. that yeah. yeah 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 so many people have heard the term fag hag which is mm. a like a woman typically like they could be i think is it specifically a queer woman like, i think it could be a straight woman i think woman it's too. generally referred to for with straight men. women who hang out with a lot of gay men. Well, there no. is the equivalent, which is a Sappho Daddio. <laughs> and I just love it. And I think it's delightful. Does that
3: actually that have you ever heard someone use that?
2: No, but I want them to. I think we should bring yeah. it up.
3: Yeah, let me know when you hear it in use. Oh, we're going <laughs> to make sure that it's yeah. All good. Oh, good. good, good, good.
2: Leah, I was just thinking that Thor is a Sappho Daddio. <gasps> like, everyone yeah. talks yeah. about how, like, the, cha- yeah. the Marvel character Thor would be so great hanging out with lesbians. Like, yeah, yeah Thor is a like sappho daddy. Oh, I love it. And then the last one is the term uh, tit king, which is a woman-loving woman who uh, has a preference for women with large breasts.
3: I like the way it's a cute. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah I mean, I guess
3: it's, like, the counterpart to, like, size queen.
0: Oh. Yeah, I oh. guess size queen's interesting. That makes sense, that makes sense.
3: It makes sense that when you're talking about, like, queer women, then you get king.
0: yeah. Interesting. Yep. I mean, do you call it a drag king? Yeah. You do call it a I've drag heard. king. Yep. Okay. I've heard drag king before. Yeah. yeah. Uh, drag king definitely exists in right. a race. Yeah. It's like yeah. definitely less of a big social phenomenon, but drag king exists. But it's exists. a thing. Yeah. yeah.
2: Right, right. Yeah. Which again does like go back to the, what we were talking about earlier about how it's less transgressive for women to dress as men than it is for yeah. men to dress as women. Mm-hmm. Like, it's more countercultural. For men to dress as women than it is for women to dress as men.
1: Absolutely.
3: I always think about this. It always just seems very unfair that as a man, if you want to, like, push gender boundaries, you, like, paint your nails. You can do one thing and everyone's like, wow, wow, that's a bit subversive. But, like, as a woman, you can do, there's literally nothing you can do. You can wear an entire men's outfit and they'll be like, yeah, she's just kind of slacking off.
0: Yeah, like, oh, she's wearing pants and a t-shirt. Yep okay yep most women do <laughs> yeah
3: yeah like the the best thing you can get, kind of get there is that people will assume you've dressed comfy rather than pretty yeah
0: until you put on like a three-piece suit then people are like oh maybe maybe, maybe. you're doing
2: some gender stuff maybe you're like trying to be less feminine yep. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> right.
1: yeah
2: right or like yeah not wearing makeup is more likely to be like mm. oh she let herself go them yeah, to be like yeah, oh or maybe she just doesn't find makeup appealing and is trying to like yeah yeah
0: or she doesn't like that society kind of forces women to wear makeup yeah <laughs> yeah you get more right. of that
3: oh you know it's lazy yep not performing femininity is just lazy yeah
2: well all right well i yeah i think that's what we've got for yeah. today yeah cool yeah So yeah thanks for thanks for doing this this yeah. has been fun this collaborating been with fun. you yeah. all yeah.
0: I think we've all learned some good new words today to start peppering into our speech. Yes. <laughs> yes. No. Everyone yes. everyone, everyone
1: go out and make your... Be camp. Be camp and make your language queer and utilize lavender <laughs> linguistics. Maybe pick up Polari as a second language. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and you, can, you yeah. can find all of us on the internets. So Alice and, and Irene, for the listeners who are coming from the History is Gay side of things, where can they find more information about queer as fact
0: we are on facebook twitter and tumblr all as queer as fact if you search queer as fact you'll find us there um you can also email us directly if you want to get in touch with us more directly it's queer as fact at gmail.com if you want to listen to any more of queer as fact we have plenty of episodes out on podbean on itunes and as of the last couple of weeks, we're on Spotify now as well, if that's where you like to listen to podcasts, which is... Very exciting. Congratulations. Yep. forever, yep. but we're there now. <laughs> and pretty much anywhere you get podcasts, you can find us. Um, that's it. Yeah, that's it. That's where we yeah. are. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Look us up. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. And what about you guys? So, yeah. So if you're coming at this episode from the Queer Fact side of things, you can hear more about History is Gay on any of your fun podcatcher apps we are also online we have a website history is gay podcast and we're on twitter and tumblr twitter is history is gay pod and our tumblr is
2: history is gay
1: podcast uh gretchen do you want to talk about our email and other ways
2: oh yeah you can also send us an email at history is gay podcast at gmail.com and uh I don't know if you guys suggest this, but we always ask our listeners to, if you really like what we're doing, to write a review, rate us, tell your friends, get the word out. That's how we as new podcasts, and I mean, not even entirely new podcasts, just continue to expand our community, get our reach, interact with other people. We always love getting messages, so definitely hit us up online. Yeah,
1: so... uh, we, you know, at History is Gay, we tend to end our, our episodes with stay queer and stay curious. Um, I don't know if you guys have a sign-off. That's that a great tagline. To, yeah. We don't have a sign-off. So I was just
3: gonna going to say, we get to the end awkwardly <laughs> and every yours. time and go,
0: oh, I think we're done. Thanks for listening.
3: <laughs> well, all right then. <laughs> we uh, figured it out.
1: I think we're done. Thanks for listening. <laughs> stay, stay queer clear?
2: and stay curious. all right yeah okay
0: we hope you've enjoyed our first ever collaborative episode we'll be back on the 15th of august with the mini episode which would normally have come out on the 8th where eli will be talking about the australian artist william de bell and his controversial winning of the 1943 archibald prize for portraiture and our next full-length episode will be on the 1st of september when eli again will be telling us about the jazz musician billy tipton thanks for listening and we'll see you next time